I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. So I'm watching Sunday Night Baseball <clears throat> tonight. Um, actually, just ended. Very good. I'm so happy baseball's back. Just, you know, obviously not as just... What? <laughs> not just as a Yankees fan, I guess is what I was trying to say before I just vomited there. Um, but just as a baseball fan, just being able to sit back and, you know, be like, oh shit, tonight's Sunday. I can watch Sunday Night Baseball to cap off the night. And so that's what I did. But that's, it's just like little things like that. It just makes you so happy that baseball's back. Um, Jesus, the A's are still on their game, uh, on their 13 game win streak. You're up to 13 right now. They lost their first six, dude. And they're now they're just scorching hot. The Astros won their first six. And then they got really cold. The ebbs and flows of the game. Hey, look at the Yankees. Looked like utter dog shit. Then we travel to Cleveland, take on one of the better pitching staffs in baseball. And we, you know, we take three out of four. A solid job in Cleveland. So you could probably already feel the more positive vibes that I'm letting off right now. But yeah, so I want to get I want to get back to what I said. I was just watching the uh Padres. Sorry, if my neck is like ticking, it's because I'm trying to crack it. If I'm like going like that, um, that's if you're watching instead of listening. But I was watching Sunday Night Baseball tonight. Padres and Dodgers, very good game. It ended in extras. Um, Padres won, but like they showed a really crazy stat during it, and I was <laughs> they were fucking showing. You know, we all know how like the the direction baseball is headed in. Where it's very, very strictly about the flash and the home runs now, right? It's home run or nothing. The ball's not being put in play nearly as much. But they showed a stat, and it was it was disappointing on on the hit and run, and how rapidly it's regressed on a year to year in terms of the amount of times teams attempt it. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but I I just I saw it, and in 2016, I want to say it was 560-something. Then it, you know, spiraled down to like 300, 200, 100. Last year, shortened season, 60-something, but it was on pace across the full season to just be 145 or something like that. Like, it's rapidly declining. They don't go hitting runs. And so we sit there, we wonder why the game has no action anymore, or not as much as we like. There you go. People aren't doing like we aren't doing the little things. The hit and run is becoming less of a thing. People, you know, players are not they're being told not to steal anymore because it's not worth the risk. That's what the the analytics say. And you know, uh, I just hate that. You know, Gary Sheffield had a really good uh, point about this whole thing a couple uh, days ago, maybe about a week ago, um, where he was saying that 
he was saying how all the strikeouts and the, the, how they're glorifying the home run and launch angle is being preached, how that's been a turnoff to him, and he doesn't watch the game anymore because of that. And I get it, dude. It's hard to sit through and to watch these games where if they're not barreling up the ball, they're not even going to put it in play. It sucks, and you just wish that there are more guys in this league like Mike Trout or like DJ LeMayu even, you know, guys who can put the bat on the ball and, you know, they don't just hit home runs, but they'll get the single, the double, the triple, you know. But, like, yeah, I mean, I was sitting there, I was like, wow, that's a big regression. The hit and run is not being, you know, we don't see bunting anymore. All these, you know, you wonder why there's less action. Well, there it is. There's a lot less action. There's not a lot going on because it's just pitch, hit, pitch, catcher catches it. I mean, the hits are home runs and the non-hits are strikeouts. It sucks. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was an excellent graphic they showed. Um, I wouldn't, I would have, I wasn't even think. I, I would have never thought of that, like the hit and run. That's a big reason. That's action right there. That's that's really fucking. That's a lot of action, but that shit's just declined. I saw that number, five hundred, and it went like straight down to three hundred, like and it just kept dropping. But um, yeah, it was a really good game though. You know, extra innings, tight ball game couple jams that uh, San Diego pitchers had to work out of that guy Hill for San Diego. A um, couple three ball counts with the bases loaded. Had Kershaw 2-2. Two and two. The next batter he had... By the way, I didn't know Kershaw was a 260 hitter. That's pretty fucking impressive. Um, speaking of good hitting pitchers, Madison Bumgarner. Now he's a good hitter, but today... Or tonight, he threw a no-hitter. He threw a no-no across seven. It was a shortened game because they had a double-header. Um, versus Atlanta, though. He goes seven innings strong. And Atlanta had just one hit in the previous game. So they had one hit all day today. Two two games, they had one hit. That's... I mean, I, I want to check because I feel like that might be... Um, Backing up what I'm saying, I wonder if there were a lot of strikeouts in these games. Um, let me check. But that's got to be a pain in the fucking ass. Mad Bomb, man. I, I wanted him a couple of years ago when he was like, you know, still very good. I don't know what he's doing this year statistically, but hey. Yeah, so the first game, one hit, the Braves struck out. They only struck out six times in the first game. Let's see the second game. Mad Bum. Braves struck out seven. Okay, so that must have been a good game because you know the ball was it looked like the ball was being put in play. Both of those games. But yeah. He he threw no hit. You know who else was on his way? I don't know if he ever finished it, but I know he was on his way to a no hitter the other night. Is of course, Jay fucking Hap <laughs> comes to the Yankees. You know, 
looks really good, his first you know, stint with us. And then it goes downhill from there. Um, especially his final year with us. Oh my gosh. Was it only two? I don't know. I don't care. But um, he threw... I know he was seven. I think he finished seven and a thirds. Maybe he won eight. I don't know. But I, I saw... I took a screenshot when he was like seven innings in. <laughs> and I sent it to all my buddies. And they were just enraged because you know it's the typical you know kind of follows that narrative that you leave the Yankees and you go have a career year right like you look at guys like Hap you look at guys like Pineda who's is three seasons with the Yankees were the three seasons where his ERA was at its worst and you know every year outside of his Yankee career he's been better um <laughs> shit like that just makes me so mad and here we are Struggling to get five innings outside of Garrett Cole. Forget six. Um, yeah, I saw that. J-Hap going no hits across seven. I forget who it was against, but I don't care. <laughs> but at least the Yankees have found something. They have their first, uh, first three-game win streak this series. They took the first three games at Progressive. They, um, you know, we, we finally saw some decent baseball, right? That's all we were looking for heading into the series was, could they play competent, solid, fundamental baseball? And, you know, to a degree they did. At least much better than they have, than they were, you know, in the few series heading up to this Indian series. They play good. They took three out of four at Progressive, which, you know, would have liked to take that fourth one. Boone, though, you know, he loves his random relievers, so kind of made it tough to sweep that one. He opted for um, the great Nicholas Nelson. Um, but I like the Yankees' approach to this. They, they adjusted their, you know, they changed their approach offensively. They weren't just doing, you know, taking everything in the zone and, and chasing those breaking pitches out of the zone. No, um, they they took a different approach. They were swinging at pitches inside the strike zone. They were making hard contact. They were barreling up the ball a lot, um, getting into deeper hitters counts. You know, the at bats were better. So the homer and the homers. You know, the home runs are starting to come, which is good. That's a huge sign to take away from this series as we started hitting the long ball a lot more. Um, and that's who the Yankees are, right? Listen, they're not going to go out there and they're not going to hit you 300, right? And that's my issue as far as October goes. That's that's a big reason to why they're going home every year in October is because being that they don't have the greatest starting five, they need their lineup to be impeccable. And their lineup is very hit or miss. It's not a lineup that is like the Houston Astros when they were on top of the world. And, you know, they were able to mix power with contact. Or the Boston Red Sox when they won the series. You know, or even the Dodgers. You know, they had a great staff. And the Rays got there because they had a great staff. Um, so the Yankees, while they're not exactly hitting the ball, you know, all around the field and... and hitting at a high clip as far as the regular season goes you can get by by mashing home runs 
and only homers, right? That's how they've gotten by for years in the regular season. So it was just glad to see that come back because we literally, we were getting nothing. I mean, we were getting nothing from this team offensively more times than not heading into this series. But here we go. We score a bunch of runs against Cleveland pitching, who's, again, they got a good staff. They got a pretty good staff. Um, and this it's not just Bieber, so let's get rid of that narrative. Um, they have a really good staff. They, we, we took care of what, Savali. We took care of Bieber himself, but we took care of the um, the other kid. Logan Allen may not be amazing, but the kid in game four, that, that stick figure, we took, took care of him. He's a pretty talented pitcher. They were talking him up, um, so it was good. We made some adjustments, and we, and we do good, you know. Uh, first of all, Boone shuck up the order. You know, he shook things up. I say shuck. Shuck. He shook things up. Um, yeah, it, it was different. You know, he, he, we had some different protection around Aaron Judge um, and Stanton, and we also put those two in different spots. You know, we had – we were doing a little bit of everything. You know, Judge was in the three-hole – Stanton in the two hole, um, yeah, DJ in the two hole, Brett Gardner leading off. You know, it was it was some different things. I like to see him. I liked it, you know, because the Yankees are usually so hell bent on putting Aaron Judge at the two. I like to see them. You know, a lot of people think he should be third, and so it was nice to see that change. Um, took him long enough, but hey, it only took a. a Seven and eleven start to the year at the time to make that switch, but it was a good series. You know, Odor providing some sparks. Um, he had some homers, pimped him. He pimped him. Um, Stanton coming alive. You know, he had some homers, hitting the ball hard. Um, Torres. You know, obviously in that game one, he responds from that nightmarish game against Atlanta, where he wasn't hustling, and you know. Boone called him out on it a little bit. Um, so it was a good solid series to take three out of four. That's the way you want to do it. And so we had to... Um, well, we, we'll, we'll, we'll jump ahead later. But um, let's, you know, we're going to recap this series. It's a four-game set, so it's going to be... Yeah, I'll try to make it as short as I can, but we'll see. Um, we'll break down the series. We'll talk about what we need to talk about. And... Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm not going to uh, try and complain because, again, it's we had we we they showed signs of life. They showed signs of life, and that's all we were asking for. So, all right. So, before we head to our first break, I want to welcome you guys to the show. Thank you for stopping by. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Um, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to BD4. This is episode 238 of my podcast. So if you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We do episodes every series as far as the Yankees go. And we do episodes... Um, an episode after every two games as far as the New York Knickerbockers go. So be sure to subscribe to us. Yeah, if you haven't subscribed to us, be sure to sub to us on, you know, your your usual major podcast feeds, um, iTunes, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, which is our sponsor. Um, you can watch us if you want to watch the podcast. The video version is up on YouTube. Um, and there are many more platforms. You know, it's it's over a dozen. Um, if you want to find all those platforms to where to, you know, to subscribe to the podcast on. And if you want to follow me on social media and if you want to subscribe to my blog... Um, I write recaps on every Knicks game and every Yankees game. Be sure to do all that. You can find all that information I just mentioned on my link tree. So if you go to my link tree, excuse me, if you go to my link tree, um, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. Sorry, I'm fucking drawing a blank here. Um, actually, we're going to head to our first plug anyway, so... You'll get that information right there. And when we get back, we'll break apart this series and talk about it all. All right. Hey, fellas. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. So you fast or you're, you rewind a little bit here. You know, it's four game series are so annoying to recap because even though it's just one extra game, if it's nine more innings at least. So it's like you have a lot to remember. But um, yeah, game one, we took the six to three victory. Remember, you had Domingo Herman versus um, that kid. Savali, Savali. Um, hopefully I said it right. And it didn't look great to start. <laughs> it did not look great. Um, the bottom of the first was a nightmare. You had a defense. The Yankee defense was just again. It was it was ugly to watch. Uh, yeah, Brett Gardner and Mike Ford letting a few balls drop out of their gloves. Um, Clint Frazier letting a runner advance. Domingo, he booted one. Oof. And you look up and it's three zip Indians uh, once Naylor slaps that RBI single. And there you go. I mean, it just, it's fucking rough start. Um, fortunately, the Yankee bats, again, they came in alive this series and it didn't take them long. Uh, the top of the third inning against Sivale. Uh, Sivale? Um... I should know this. I'm fucking Italian. But yeah, DJ Mayhew, the RBI single. Yeah, Glaber Torres with a two-run single. Um, and just like that, it was a 3-3 three to three tie ball game. The game after that, it was knotted for a bit. It was knotted for a while. I think until the seventh inning, 
Top of the seventh, he had uh, Root Neto Door getting that two out, two run single to break the tie, providing that spark. Um, eighth inning, Higgy takes one 420 feet. This puts the Yanks up six to three. Um, and that was, you know, that was it from there. Um, again, the bats were good. He had six runs on 11 hits. Uh, they were a solid four for 12 with runners in scoring position. And they had 10 strikeouts, the Yankee bats, but they did walk nine times. So you combine the nine walks with the 11 hits and, you know, it mitigates the deficiencies there. Uh, again, Tor Torres, Glaber Torres, a nice three for five bounce back from that horrid game against the Braves. Um, and, you know, the Yanks shaking out the lineup. They had Judge 3, like I said, DJ 2, and Guardy leading off in this one. Uh, Mike Ford in the fucking cleanup spot. Pretty gross. Um, but, hey, anything to, to, you know, if you need to get wacky with it, go ahead. If it means this team's going to wake up. And they did. Uh, Domingo, finally, you know, giving the Yankees, you know, the Yankees finally get a six-inning six start. From somebody and um, Domingo Herman called back up the night before. Goes and he does his thing after that first inning. He ends up pitching five effective innings. Um, so he goes six strong, two earned runs, and he allows uh, or he strikes out six along the way. Um, you know, command was kind of off. He didn't have the greatest command even after that first inning. Um, you know, he, do, he got some luck, but he worked through it. He managed to get out of any jams um and he he looked strong otherwise he found his rhythm as the game progressed and he retired um his final two batters via strikeout so just good to see a quality start in there somewhere so that was something we very much needed um and then they went with uh, i think boone had lasagna he had chad green and then he had chapman to close it out each of them were pretty flawless Three innings combined, no runs, five Ks. That was game one of the series. Now we get to game two. Montgomery going up uh, going up against Logan Allen. Um, and again, we get off to a similar shit start. You had the first inning. Uh, the Yankees strand DJ LeMahieu in the top of the first. Then you have Montgomery go out there in the bottom of the first. He... Walks two batters in a row after he gets the first out. Then he surrenders an RBI double. Um, then an RBI 6-3. And then he gives up an RBI single to Ahmed Rosario. Um, and it's just like that. It's once again, 3 nothing Indians after the first inning. Um, but the Yankees, again, they punch back. Uh, Hicks, the solo bomb. A few batters later, Odor, a two-run bomb. Game is tied. The Yankees punch back. <laughs> Get it? Odor and they punch back. <laughs> um, third inning. Stanton going deep off Allen makes it six to three. Oh no, I'm sorry, he makes it four to three Yankees. Um, and then Stanton goes deep again off their bullpen. Five to three Yankees in the fifth. From there, it's Litke, O'Day, Green, and Chapman for four and a third shutout frames of baseball. So, two solid wins, two very solid wins to start the series, climbing back from early 3-0 deficits and managing to pick up the victory. 
Um, you had Stanton, two hits in the second game from that two spot. So he led the Yankees in that category. The Yankees only had six hits, four walks. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a, a huge day, not a huge offensive performance. Just seven strikeouts, which was good. Um, they only put four runners on base. Um, or, I'm sorry, they only left four runners on base. Um, and they didn't get into any runners in scoring position opportunities. So they did what they needed to do to win. So, you know, Montgomery was good. He was working through it pretty good. Um, you know, after that rough first inning, he found, a, you know, found a rhythm. He didn't have his best stuff. He was missing high with the heater. Um, but he grinded through it. And despite that 37 pitch first inning, he managed to do enough, you know, for the rest of the way. So, must have, uh, you know, I, I wish he would, they would have let him finish the fifth, but ends up going just, what, four and two-thirds? Just the way it ended, you know, it sucks that his day had to end after Torres, you know, due to Torres not being able to make a play defensively. But, and it's also interesting because Aaron Boone went with, um, he went with the lefty Lucas Litke to face Reyes. So it wasn't, you know, it's not like it was a matchup thing. It was lefty and righty. And, you know, Fran Mill Reyes, I'm pretty sure he kills lefties. So I don't know what that was. Uh, I don't know that decision. I don't know what, what was behind that decision. I, but, you know, didn't hurt the Yankees. So nonetheless, Montgomery, you know, did his job and, you know, they took him out and he was pretty pissed off. Uh, you could see he, he was visibly upset um, walking to the dugout. In the dugout, he was not happy that he was pulled. But, again, the pen gets it done. Litke, O'Day, Green, Chapman, Flawless, and the Yanks win. That was game two of the series. Let's head to break. When we get back, we'll discuss games three and four. Okay, so that Orioles three uh, thirteen game or the Athletics thirteen game uh, win streak was actually snapped by the Baltimore O's tonight. So I just saw that in the headlines. Looks like Curry's going off again. He had thirty seven tonight against the Kings. So is he going on another tear? Um, all right, game three. <clears throat> yeah, game three was. Yankee ace, you better win this one. You gotta win cold days, right? You had Garrett Cole versus their ace, Shane Bieber. Um, it was a great game. It was a great solid pitchers duel. I liked it. Uh, both pitchers duking it out, and you know you had your, you had two of the top guns in the game, just going mano y mano, you know, powering through these lineups. And um, Yanks kind of let Bieber off the hook in that first. Was it the first inning? They uh they they put two on with one out. But they let him off the hook. Uh, Glaber, Geo striking out to end the frame. Kind of reminded me of that Glass Now game from earlier in the year, where they hit, a, they had him on the ropes a couple times and they couldn't come through. Um, but fortunately, we managed a way to 
muster up just enough runs to win this one. Um, you know, the game had no score for about three and a half innings, and Cleveland was even the first to put some runs on the board. You had Jose Ramirez with the big triple in the bottom of the third. You know, Hicks kind of played it poorly off the wall. Um, but then you had Rosario bringing him in with a base hit um, off Garrett Cole to make it one nothing Cleveland after three. Uh, but the fifth inning, the Yankees strike back, and they get just enough to pick up the victory. Uh, you had Aaron Hicks. You had Root and Adore. Once again, both of them going deep in the same inning. Um, nice little tandem they've got going. And, um, you know, getting Cole's back to put the Yanks back up 2-1. to one. <clears throat> And Cole has their backs. He goes out there in the fifth, and he gets a shutdown inning like aces do. Um, ends up going seven strong. Just three hits. Just one run and 11 strikeouts. The guy's insane. Um, better than DeGrom. What? Wilson and Lasagna pitch the final three frames of this one, and they do their jobs. Um, on the flip side, you had Bieber going seven innings, two runs, and striking out nine Yankees. Um, he tossed about 120 pitches, almost. <laughs> you had Kay on the broadcast almost having a stroke because of it. Um, but hey, that's their ace. That's their guy. They've got to ride with him as long as they can possibly do it because he's far and away the best pitcher on that staff. Um you know, both pitchers were actually kind of off early on. They didn't really have their stuff. He had Garrett Cole trying to work through the first couple of innings with his fastball command not exactly being where he wanted it to be. <clears throat> he was trying to paint the black with it, but it was a little more in than he had than he had planned. But, again, he worked through it. He and Kyle continued to work really good together. They work very quickly together. There's a good rhythm out on the mound with Cole when he's with Kyle Higashioka versus when he's pitching to Gary Sanchez, who, you know, is clearly not going to be catching this guy um, much this year, despite the Yankees trying to make it like it's not a personal thing, but it clearly is. Um, and on the flip side, the Yankee bats, you know, five hits, four walks, 13 Ks, 0 for 5 in scoring position, but... It was enough. It was enough. Um, DJ was 0 for 4, though, and he earned himself a trip to the bench for some rest on Sunday because of that. So, And it's Sunday as we speak. As we record, it is a Sunday night, April 25th. So keep that in mind. As you're listening to this, it's probably Monday the 26th. Um, game 4, 7-3. to three. The Indians take this one. The Yankees lose by four runs. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever, you know, it's hard. It's incredibly hard to pick up a four game sweep against any team. Um, but yeah, Jameson Tyone and McKenzie, you know, blanking each lineup through the first three innings. Um, McKenzie, you know, he, I think he blinks first, uh, top of the fourth. He lets up pitch middle, middle to Geo. He takes a two run blast to center field. And then later in the frame, you had Mike Ford with a solo knock, 3-0 Yankees. So the Yankees now have the 3-0 lead, which they end up fucking blowing. Um, Jamison Tyone cannot get the old shutdown inning, you know, in the fucking bottom of the fourth. He lets up the RBI single to Rosario. Then Fran Mel Reyes with the momentum-shifting, back-breaking, three-run blast to make it 4-3 to Cleveland. Um, you know, so the Yankees now blowing... The three to nothing lead. Um, you know, 
four to three, they were down. Nelson comes in as the first in relief, and he was basically the human white flag, um, taking hits just to save Aaron Boone some arms for the next series. That's pretty much it. Was it was a punt day after that? You know, after the home run was surrendered from Tyone, it was a punt day from there. Um, Boone just went with the guy that the Yankees knew they were going to send him down, and you know. In the fifth, he walks Hedges, uh, then tosses a wild pitch. Hedges goes to second, lets up a single to Hernandez. Uh, Jose Ramirez gets the sack fly. It's 5-3. to three. In the sixth, Nelson goes back out there, tagged for two more runs. You know, triple to Reyes. Uh, Luplo, the RBI double. Hedges, the RBS single. 7-3 to three Indians. You know, before you know it, and that's, that was the game from there. Um, you know, he was just leaving a bunch of change-ups middle-middle, and his fastball kept getting shelled. So they send him down, um, and they're going to call up Davey Garcia, if they haven't already, for tomorrow's game. Um, and as you're listening, tomorrow is today, Monday night. Um, but at least he can't go to Nelson anymore. <laughs> Do the Yankees just, like, pick names out of a hat every year? Like, who's going to be the random bum that we just pick to go to in these high-lev moments? <laughs> every year it's one of these guys who just come out of nowhere that these no names that everybody knows aren't the most talented but they throw them out there and they make up some bullshit spin that they like something and you know he he has a hard fastball and his changeups nice when it's on but when is the big thing when depicts your consistency as an as an MLB player and this guy had an ERA what north of 9 but um, other than that, at least Jamison Tyone, huh, he looked good for a bit. You know, first three innings were really good. Um, but in the end, it was another outing where he was not able to finish off those two strike counts. That's been a big thing. He gets batters to shoot to two strikes and he cannot figure out a way to finish them off. Um, I think the fastball you know, kind of got to him. He, it was his best friend in that third inning where he struck out the side with it. Um, but then it became his worst enemy in the fourth inning. You know, when he started depending on it a little bit too much, he got beat with it three times in that fourth. Um, he just pounded it way too much. And the Indians obviously knew what he was doing and they jumped on it. Um, I was also reading about Tyone's ERA inning to inning. And, in the article, it was some Yankees blog, It's it says the, the first inning he's got a 0 ERA this year, the next two innings he's got a 450, and then it jumps all the way up to a bloated almost 20 ERA in the, uh, in the fourth inning. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of those things where it's probably the second and third time through the order that's been the biggest issue. Um, you know, the, the stuff is obviously there, right? He has the stuff. He's got great movement on some of his pitches. The velocity is enough. He has control. 21 strikeouts, two walks through 21 in the third innings this season. But if that trend keeps continuing where he's not being able to go deep into games because, you know, as soon as that lineup card turns, it changes. Is he better off? as a long reliever, right? Is he better off, you know, pitching so he doesn't have to go more than three, four innings? 
I, you know, out of the pen. That would kind of be a disappointment, considering this is a guy we trade for, we traded for, to be a starter. Um, listen, lots of Yankees fans were, were hyping this guy up. He's going to be this this number two. I, I've tried. To, I tried to temper my expectations and tell you guys, you guys got to calm down. This Tyone guy is is coming off two Tommy Johns. If we're looking at it realistically, he'll probably be a three at very best. But I'm going to go ahead and say somewhere in that four range. And that's kind of our issue in the rotation, right? We've got Garrett Cole and we got a bunch of four fives, you know? I mean, we have guys going out there like Montgomery. For He's a perfect example. Now, he's been okay, right? He's been average. He's going out there. He's giving you these outings where he's, you know, Five innings, three runs, six innings, three runs. And we're looking at them. Four innings, two runs. Kluber, you know. We're looking at all these outings where they got very mediocre, average, maybe slightly above average lines at the end of their days outside of Cole. And we're like, oh, at least they kept them in the game. Like, we're not supposed to be saying that about every single one, about four-fifths of our staff. Saying he kept them in the game is something you're supposed to say about your number five, not your number two, three, and four. <laughs> and we're at it. We have to say this shit, everybody outside of Cole. We have to try and spin it into a positive because this rotation is not very good. Um, I'm hoping that Davey can go out there tomorrow and do his thing. You know, does does Davey eventually take a rotation spot over somebody like Tyone? I don't know. Maybe Kluber flops and, and Davey starts trending upwards you know or you know we'll see you know it's it's I really want him to throw I really like Davey I loved what I saw from him at the end of last season um he's going up against Matt Harvey tomorrow night too <laughs> Matt fucking Harvey um I hope there's no you know BS pitch limit for him that would be annoying but I liked I liked what I saw from him towards the end of the last year. I don't think the ERA spoke all. It was like a mid four, because if you watched his outings, he's had a lot of very good ones, but the you know, the one or two bad ones were really bad. Um, but he he showed really good poise out there. He looked like he was just so used to the game. He had a very good curveball, if I can remember. The fastball wasn't you know wasn't like a fucking Chapman fastball, it was 93, maybe 94, kind of like most of our guys outside Cole. But it had a lot of life to it, and he looked like he was poised. He was ready to take that next step, and I was very disappointed when, at the start of the season, we find out he's not going to be in the rotation. So hopefully tomorrow he goes out there and he gives them an outing which turns heads, and maybe the Yankees consider keeping him in. But I have a feeling after his outing they're going to send him down because that's it's kind of been the trend. They send their guys down after their efforts, and then they call them up when they need them. Um, but we'll see. You know, I I, I hope he does well. Um, we're going to see him start tomorrow. We'll probably see some lasagna tomorrow night at some point. Um, probably the first in relief, you know. I love what I'm seeing from Johnny. I really do. He, I, I think he's been very solid. He's been very fucking solid. Um, he's, you know, pitching. He's 
dude, he's got a 135 ERA this year. I mean, he's being used in high leverage moments, and he's thriving in it. He's in. He's finally instilled some trust in the Yankees. Um, you know, Matt Blake must have worked with him in the offseason because he's throwing that four-seamer a lot less, which is great because that pitch, you know, it was triple digits, but it was flat as an arrow. And um, his best pitch is the two-seamer or sinker, or whatever you want to call it. And it's, you know, that one sits at 97 to 100 as well. So it's just as hard. Yeah, but it's got life. It's got a lot of cut or a lot of tail and a lot of sink to it. Um, he looks good. He looks filthy. He's he's even flashing that changeup too. Um, the changeup's a Matt Blake thing. He's got all these Yankees throwing that pitch a lot more this year. Um, but yeah, you could see the difference. Lasagna's changing it up. He's not throwing that heater, that four seamer, as much, and he's going with a two seam sinker a lot more. Um, tweaked. I was reading another, you know, in that same blog. I think it was no, it was a different article. Um on Johnny Lasagna where he's tweaked his mechanics a bit and his delivery to make it a little bit, the extension is a little closer to the plate to make it, his stuff, his stuff plays faster because he tweaked his mechanics with Blake and, um, fucking it's paying off, man. He's got a 60% ground ball rate, which is ninth amongst, uh, pitchers with at least 10 innings this year. So he's keeping the ball in the park. Um, He's 10th in strikeout to walk amongst relievers, which very good. Cut down the walk rate to 2.2, a 26% K to walk ratio there. Um, but yeah, he's 13 in the third innings, two earned runs, equating to a 135 ERA, um, 13 strikeouts, and just nine total base runners. So I loved him. I, I really like what I'm seeing. I did not think he would... I don't know. He's always been up and down. You know, he's never been able to figure it out. He's always been an enigma for the Yankees. But last year, he had a better season. It was his first year where he actually looked like he could be a part of this team. Um, But this year, he's, again, pitching these high-level moments, and he's thriving. He's been able to get the Yankees out of these jams, and he's been able to give them these quick innings and love what he's done. Um. And the pen overall has been very strong. They got the best ERA in the game at the moment, and they're overachieving to my expectation. I really did not expect this so far. Um, yet, you know, even bulk guys, bulk guys like Sessa, have been impactful. Um, Chapman looks as good as he ever fucking has. Did not expect that. He's, you know, the velocity's in triple digits. Um, he's using that splitter. That splitter's filthy. Um, Chad Green. Green looks very sharp. Guys are collectively stepping up without Zach Britton, and you gotta love that. Even Justin Wilson has been good. Um, so I like it. I, I love the job Lasagna and the bullpen is done. Um, so that's that. Tomorrow is tomorrow. Tomorrow's today as you're listening to this, but hopefully DJ, that day off helped him, and maybe, you know, facing some Baltimore pitching will get him going a bit. He's still not you know, he's still not really in rhythm right now. He's still kind of out of it. Um, the timing is very off. He's on top of everything. He's early on everything. Just generating some weak ground ball contact. Um, so it would be really nice to get him to show up soon. You know, I was looking around because, you know, I always overreact. But I started looking up his career numbers on baseball reference. And I'm like trying to nitpick at things so I can 
overreact because that's how pessimistic I can be when I get into these zones. And I'm like, oh, I hope he doesn't end up like he was in Colorado where the OPS hovered around 700 a few seasons. And, you know, is it that crazy? I'm like, oh, no. But if you think at it from a realistic aspect, he's thrived as a Yankee. And he's, you know, in Yankee Stadium. That has helped him a lot. You know, and I really think that he'll get back to his norm eventually. Um, but I can't help but to be a little frustrated with it right now. And, and I don't want to say worried, but like, I'm a person who always has to believe it until I believe it when they see it. No matter who, no matter what, I just need to see it. That's what's wrong with me. But I'm hoping he gets it going soon. The Baltimore's. Baltimore Orioles are not a good fucking pitching staff. They're not a good team. Um, so hopefully we can take care of the Norfolk Tides and DJ can get back on track. Um, I wonder if Hicks is going to be back tomorrow. He was sitting out today because of the back injury. Those usually take a bit, um, but we will see. Maybe Talkman will play some center field. I like what I saw from Hicks. Uh, sorry, from Frazier to a degree today. Uh, the series, you know, he was pretty good in terms of his play discipline. He had five walks in the series, so he was at least, you know, he's not been swinging the bat at all this year, but he's been striking out looking. So it's good to see him walk if he's going to look at these pitches. He's he's walking. I don't know. He made a nice athletic play in the outfield today. Uh, probably didn't need to dive. Probably could have just kept running because he's athletic enough to where he could get there, but. Good for him. Um, I think Luke Voigt is close. He went to the alternate site earlier today. Um, maybe sometime from early May to mid-May the latest. I'm hoping mid-May. Mid-May will be the latest. Um, Got to get this key cog back into the lineup, man. Oh, Andahar. He's off the DL. He's now headed to the alternate site. So maybe at some point we see him up here. I don't know. If the lineup goes back to sleep and we need to shake things up again, maybe we do see some Miggy. Uh, it'd be nice. You know, the guy was on path to be a really good player. Now it's very unfortunate. He's not even part of our future, it looks like at the moment. It's so sad to see how that... Oh my God, because he was the one who did that to Jury. Remember Brandon Jury? Brandon Jury was the fucking third baseman a few years ago. Then Miggy took his spot, turned heads. Now Gio took his spot, turning heads. It's really sad because everybody fell in love with Andahar. Man. But it hasn't exactly been great for him. He's gotten limited opportunities but hasn't produced. And the Yankees have no room on the roster. It's a logjam. So we'll see what happens there. He's back. He's on the D, uh, He's off the DL. But he's back with the alternate. Um, at the alternate site. So, yeah, man. Got the Orioles for four games. Um, the Tigers for three games after that. Got to look at these two series and, you know, ask for five out of seven, six out of seven would be my preference here. Nothing worse. Nothing worse than going five. Don't go, don't go any worse than five and two. Five and two against these two bottom feeders should be the absolute worst you can do. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I hope we can, I hope we can somehow... Find a way to sweep one of these teams. And uh, we're, we're going on a stretch for about two weeks where we're not going to have an off day. So 
prepare for that. So, um, that's it. I think we're going to end this episode early. I don't fucking have anything else to add. Um, it was a good, solid series to get, you know, some kind of confidence. Um, losing today sucked nine and 12, but you know, again, the four game series in Baltimore, if you can figure out a way to sweep them again, sweeping four game sets is not easy, but if you can, the Yanks would have themselves over 500. So baby steps, right? That's, that's the first goal. We want to get back to 500. And then once we get there, we try building our record back to where it should be. You know, that 60% range right now we're below uh, 500. So if we can get to 500 work from there, try to get five games above 500 and so forth and so forth. That's what we're going to try and do. So right now, nine and 12, got to look at the standings to see where we are. I, I still don't think we're very far off from Boston at the top. Last I checked, we were three behind, but that was before today's loss. So I'll have to double check there. So we're going to head to break. And when we get back from break, we'll wrap up this thing. And um, yeah, we'll get to the question of the day. Be right back. Trying to figure out why this isn't connecting. So this software I use is very slow. Um, gonna have to figure. We're gonna have to do something different soon because this is a joke. But mm, man, this is fucking bad. All right. Hey fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. So last time out, we were obviously discussing the Knicks. Our NYY, NYK question of the day for episode 237. This is episode 238. But for 237, I asked you guys... True or false? Aside from Frank Nilakina, R.J. Barrett is fluent in French. Was that true or false? Aside from Frank Nilakina, R.J. Barrett 
is also fluent in French? The answer to that is true. I actually did not know that. He was fluent in French. Um, so there you go. Uh, but for 238, episode 238 of the podcast, tonight, or as you are listening to this, whether that be in the afternoon or the morning, morning, afternoon, or night, um, our question of the day for this episode, 238, brought to you by Anchor. Which Yankee held the record for most consecutive seasons with 100 RBIs? Okay, which Yankee held the record for most consecutive seasons with 100 plus RBIs? If you want a hint, I'll toss you one. He was later on tied um, by Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox tied that record later on. But which Yankee was it to initially set that record? All right. So let me know the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or comment the answer once I publish this podcast on my social media. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, BD4, be sure to do that right now. You can find BD4 on all the platforms that you get your podcast on. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, be sure to do that. You can do that at Rob J. Carbone on Instagram at NY Sports Talk RC on Twitter, where I bitch and moan after every single Knicks and Yankees game during the games too. And you can find me on Facebook, where I also do similar shit, um, at RJ Carbone. Just type in RJ Carbone um, in the search box. So, guys, thanks so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate everybody who, step, who stops in here and checks these podcasts out. Um, and that's all we've got. So... I'll see you after this next Knicks series. If you're a Knicks fan, I'll see you in two games. If you are a Yankees fan, I will see you after this Baltimore Orioles series. And that's that. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in to episode 238 of BD4. The Yanks take two out of three at Progressive. Guys, thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.